The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! Okay, what are we drinking today? It's Friday! It is Friday. So Fridays mean martinis. Fridays do mean martinis. It does. And not so just any kind of martini. The perfect martini. Yeah. So so it's eight parts of, eight parts Tangerine London Dried Gin. One part of Dolan Dry Vermouth. And then we've got it down now, we think, because we're using a dropper now for our bitters. 12 drops of orange bitters. Stirred 100 turns poured and strained into a frozen martini glass and then express the oils of an orange peel over the top of the glass and then make your garnish and stick it inside. Beautiful drink. It is. Smells orangey. Should. Yummy. Yeah, it's just about perfect. Yeah, that's really good. It's close, right? Yeah, it's really close. I don't know how you make it more perfect than perfect. I don't know. Perfect's perfect. Perfect is perfect. You know, this has been a rough week for you. Very rough week. Because in addition to getting an ear infection, which you've been working on for a few weeks, yeah, your dad passed away. Yes, yeah, and you were close to your dad, very close, and he was not well, not well for a long time. So it so. wasn't such a shock, but at the same time, it's still a passing, and you still yeah are grieving. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely grieving. You know, it's never easy, but I think when someone's been ill for a long time, or even more than ill, because you can be ill and and not in pain. I think. The big thing for me was he was in constant pain for so long. Yeah. Long, long time. Decades. And so as you watch someone deteriorate over time, I think because it's a slow, insidious process, you are grieving while they're here. Right. You know, and then when they're passing, it's always, that's a finality. So that's grief itself. But you're also, I, at least I am, I'm thankful he's out of pain. Sure. So Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to propose a toast to your dad. Toast? Yeah, to a life well lived. Very well lived. Cheers. Cheers. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at Slub. S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. 
Learn more at weminder.app. Concerning Littleton, chapter 16, sharing is caring. Yeah. You know, you can predict where this is going to go because Mako is going to make those words ring true in the chapter, yes, of right? Of somebody's going to get shared <laughs> and, and somebody's going to get cared, cared for. for. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Like, that's the, that's the low bar. <laughs> I love the foreshadowing with the title. It's true, right? He does. He does that. Yeah, so... The chapter starts off with Adam sort of dealing with his car and he has to pick his car up from the shop and he's trying to figure out this timing and he thinks about, well, I'll just go have lunch and mm-hmm. he, he heads off to have lunch. But he's on the way there, he's having a conversation with himself a little bit about his incapacity to fully express himself as a sadist. Like he's having trouble with that idea as a sadist she wants more than i can give i'm uncomfortable with that like that's a conversation he's having on the way to this little coffee shop that he yeah because he's starving basically he he had to pick his car up but it wasn't ready and so then he's wasting time and he decides i'll leave work early and just say i've got a bunch of errands and really what he needs to do is go off campus a bit to get food that's what he's striving to do. Go have something to eat and then later go pick up his car. Yeah. And he walks into this particular coffee shop because it's overpriced. So that I think it's the same one that Wallace loves. Probably, right? Yeah, the super hot chocolates. I bet you this small, this is Littleton. This it's, is a small town. It's tiny, maybe one coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this is like <laughs> this the is one. This is the coffee shop. This is the yeah. one that's over, that makes the super expensive stuff. Exactly. And that's actually the reason he picks it, because it's not likely to be crowded, because it's overpriced. poor college kids. Yeah. And he goes in, he places his order, and he puts his coffee order in, and the, the barista or whoever it is sends him off to wait. And there's this tall goth chick standing there, sort of eyeing him, but not really eyeing him. You know, they just kind of... They kind of realize they know each maybe other. Maybe there's like that little recognition. And it turns out that goth person is Sarah. Yeah. Well, Sarah, she's a little more forward than he is. He's a little reserved. So she approaches him, says, hello, do we know each other? Oh, yeah, they figure out they met at the party. Mm -hmm. And he invites her to have lunch with him. And, of course, she goes, well, it's too expensive. And he says, well, I'll buy you lunch. So Mm -hmm. he eventually pays for her to have lunch. And they're sitting having lunch Mm -hmm. as I thought this was really fascinating. Sitting having lunch as people who know each other from a kink party. Yes. Uh, that's their context, yeah. right? Yeah. So they've they've seen into each other's sexual souls in a way. Right. And they know that about each other. Mm-hmm. And that's all they know about each other. That one chance that meeting. chance meeting. Yeah. Right? And they, they're sitting down having lunch as people who are so already intimately aware of each other's sexuality that they can just have a frank conversation yeah without a lot of context context in the way you know i thought that was really an interesting observation you know we've had that experience where we've met with well even like when we go present at domcon i'm talking about but once you find your community you feel even a layer it's like an onion yeah you you feel feel a layer layer safer. safer yeah but then we we sat down with Dom Jez and her partner, and we just talked frankly. 
And, oh, I, yes. and all the tables around us were like leaning oh, in. They were you know? all lit up. Lit up, right. Yeah, so there's something very foundationally connecting about knowing that the person that you're talking to mm-hmm. is sex positive, receptive, right, and right. knowing. And you can just actually have a conversation. Right. But what's interesting is the conversation they have is in that realm of their deep sexuality. Mm-hmm. And... Adam is a bit complaining about his inability to fully express punishment in a way that his partner needs. Mm-hmm. And she like leans into that. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. I, yeah. I, like I've got my own little boy and yeah. she talks about him. And Aiden. That, Aiden, right. But she talks about him in that way that he's. And they're talking like two parents would talk, like, aren't the kids hard? Isn't yeah. it hard at <laughs> night when you have to change them? You know, they're actually yeah. talking like two parents, it sounds like, yeah. but with a sexual overtone of the motivation behind what you're doing. Yeah. There's a hint into the context of caregiver. Well, like yeah. Adam is feeling very much like a new parent. Right. He's tired. He looks weathered. He's tired. Because he's he's navigating this lifestyle and it's new and he hasn't figured out what parts of this lifestyle fit for him as a yeah. dominant and what parts does Christina need that he's either willing to fulfill or or he has to create a new context so there's more energy to fulfill or he doesn't want to fulfill. Yeah. So there's a struggle there. There's a struggle there. And I think, you know, it's it's so interesting because you can think Sarah's been doing this longer because she's way more relaxed. She's relaxed about it, but she's also coaching him as well. That's what I mean. She's yeah. relaxed. She's comfortable. So she's kind of like, now she has her own twist because she's like a sadomasochist. She has that twist. But talking about what motivates her in the mommy little dynamic is the power control for sure. For sure, yeah. And she's a sadist. Well, she she likes a, the meanness. She actually does. She talks about it sort of once removed. Like she'll say, I do the meanest things to him or I do the meanest, most horrible things to him. And he just like laps it up because he's a masochist and maybe the power. Well, he's a sadist. To, oh, oh no. Yeah. Aiden, Aiden's a masochist. Aiden's a masochist yeah. to her. Yeah. Being her That's what her, she, she needs. She sadist. doesn't mind being the mommy because it gets her to the same end, which is her, she can express her sadism. Right. And. What she does... So do you think... And this is what I think, because I thought she was more advanced than Adam. My context of Sarah is she is truly a sadomasochist Mm -hmm. at her core. And then different roles fulfill the ability for her to get to that within different dynamics. So, for example, whether she's totally sold on being mommy or not is neither here nor there. Taking on the role of mommy allows her to express her dominance. So it's a power. Which thing. gets her to her sadism yeah, which, with Aiden, right? Because yeah. she has to have that. Like her base core is sadism, but she has to have a path to get to sadism. Yeah. Because that's not always so a ready a path. Caregiver. Yeah. But I feel like we're gonna find out, or maybe not in maybe in a second book that he does, <laughs> <laughs> that Sarah could evolve to other types of topping roles mm. that still get her to her sadism. Does it make sense? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Sarah's interest in her sadomasochism was expressed in a fascinating way for me because I relate to that feeling of being wired a particular way, right? And I relate to the, the way... The way she wasn't apologizing for herself? She wasn't, yeah. She was saying, you know, I just express my 
love that way. I feel loving by expressing that sadism, that hardness. Right? And that power. It lives in that power exchange. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she sort of shares with him a, a context of sadomasochism that's different than the one he has. Because what he's really complaining about is he's working too hard as a sadist. He's like, this daddy thing is overwhelming him. Well, the caregiving part is wearing him out. And he lives for the sadistic part, but he has no energy by then. He He also doesn't know quite how to be a sadist. Yeah, he's also, he's not very confident about whether he, how mean he can be. He says... Like, I think I'm being too mean. Yeah, and for her, like, mean is kind of the point. She's like, means the point. Yeah, Yeah. means the point. (laughs) So, (laughs) so what happens next is sort of fascinating because she goes, all right, I've got a perfect idea for you to totally, like, handle Christine. Well, yeah, because he was talking about it's hard to know and to discipline her and what she likes and she's being bratty. So Sarah comes up with this idea that you're going to explain that is just premiere on let's correct this problem. Exactly. So that's the point. Like her mind went to, I know how to fix this in a way that works for her. So tell me this doesn't speak to her. She does like to be mean. Yeah. Okay. But she loves people that are in discipline, that are disciplined. She doesn't want a hassle factor. Right. Exactly. She absolutely wants someone who's Mm self-disciplined and still wants to be mean to them because there's something she gets off on someone who's very into service and discipline, and then she gets to still be mean to them. Yeah. Think about that. That's deep. Well, that's what sadomasochism is. But it's deep in the way she relates to it. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, you get it as a sadist. Yes. I get it. But what I'm saying is not all sadists are wired that way. And so that I'm saying that's her specific interest. If someone was bratty and always being disciplined, then that forces her hand as a sadist. What she wants is her sadism to be expressed because I just fucking want to do this to be mean. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. She wants to be sadistic much more out of a discipline-based sadism than she does inside of a discipline. So, yes, she disciplines Aiden because yes. he needs it because he's bratty. But I think she would prefer him to be obedient and for her to just be mean. Because I think she gets off on just that. That's completely possible. I'm just telling yeah, you. It okay. totally seems evident. No, that seems fair enough. And it's a fictional character, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was interesting. Uh, there was a point where, I think, was it Sarah was being super judgy about something? I was like, oh, they're just humans. You know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they're really judgy. But she drags Adam into the market, and she goes and picks something off the shelf. Which... What was going through my head? I thought, oh, oh she's going to, what is she going to get? She's going to get um, ginger or she's going to get hot sauce or soap. Something thinking of a mommy oriented discipline. Yeah. So you, you were thinking in that realm. Yes. Right? And I wasn't sure. Where did you go? Well, I wasn't really sure what she was going to get. And the thing that confused me was she said, grab a basket. And I'm thinking a basket's like this big. Yeah, yeah. So right? she so, said, well, she ooh. said, so, wait, so then, Mako wrote it right, because I did pay attention to this because I was reading it. Yeah. He goes, should I grab a basket? And she goes, yeah, I guess. So she made it like it was an out, like kind of like, yeah, so at I that guess point, you could at that point, At that point, I thought you might be right, ginger or something, right? You don't need a basket for a piece of ginger. Right. You don't need a basket for but, a bottle of pasta. But I didn't know. But she said basket. So then I was like, question, like, okay, what could it be? And while I was thinking that, you read that what she grabbed was essentially an enema kit. Yeah, enemas and suppositories or something yeah. like that, yeah. And he goes, hold on a second. Like, what are we getting into here? And she says, oh, this is pretty simple. You force her 
to hold her poop, and then ultimately no, he didn't say this in the writing, but this is what we 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 gathered from it. Yeah, and then she poops her pants, and then you spank her. You discipline her for being a bad girl, girl. and she cleans herself up. And then she cleans herself up, and it was because he was like all like, I don't know if I can clean her up. Okay, but I'll just say this, and it can be maybe inferred by your comment after I say this. Yeah, my first instinct was like, okay, that's. I get that that's something you want to do. Um, maybe you need consent before you start putting like suppositories in people or giving them suppositories. Yeah, you were fixated on the suppositories. I, don't, I, I was because of consent. And okay. so depending on their consent, you can do anything to me. Let's just say that's the consent people have, yeah. which is like crazy consent. But the reality is, does that include anything with alcohol or drugs or other things? Do you allow someone to put things that could chemically change your body? Yeah. Is that what you're allowing? You're, I think you're not. I think wrong. I'm. So I'm. So, you, but but I'm not assuming that that what consent wasn't given. No, you're not wrong. And you're saying, in the presence of consent as a given, mm-hmm. this is an okay thing to do. Right, because she might have said, if there's a slavish conversation, yeah. that you know, you have free run. She okay. might have said that. Yeah. Let's say there's consent. But, but I want to believe, so Mako, understanding how he understands about consent at a deep level, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And obviously Mako knows everything about consent. I can assume there's consent already been made about this particular issue. But I bring it forth to our listeners only because these are the things people forget about when they give consent. Yeah. They don't think through all those type of things. I hate to say it, but if you're really, let's say, in a play space with someone, unless it's a professional space, which usually they have their own waivers, like what happens if you all of a sudden have a heart attack? What are your wishes? Do you want yeah. me to call the ambulance? Do you want me to? I mean, these are agreements, right? This is agreement time. You're pretty dark right there. <laughs> but it's true, right? No, I, no. People say it's dark and they say that's why we don't do it because they'll ruin sex. But everyone said that about making agreements. If if you do agreements before having sex, it'll ruin it. It makes it fucking better. Okay. So let's say you yeah. talk about the shit you need to talk about. Exactly. So let's... who do I call if you have an emergency? Okay. Let's assume there's consent. She's she hands him this essentially an enema kit, and he's a little bit like quizzed out about it. Yeah. And he is looking at it because I don't really want to clean up what happens after you give somebody an anima. Because he's, yeah, he's like pooping or whatever, which is a, which is a realization which is, for me. Because yeah. I think to myself, oh my goodness, maybe Adam and Christina this whole time have been playing with diapers. Okay, so let's just consider kinks yeah. and fetishes. So maybe their limit is scat. Scat, right? Okay, yeah. so whatever. And so... Their diaper play is only urine. Like when they have to have a bowel movement, there's a rule or agreement around that. that. Sure. Okay, I did not consider that. That's what it sounds like. It's a valid thing, though. It is. Exactly. So that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they haven't gone in this direction yet. And he's like, I don't really want to clean her up after an anima and she says oh no no you don't clean her up she goes and takes a shower because she's a naughty girl she's a naughty girl and then when she comes back you spank her asshole simple for, for being, being naughty well pooping your diaper for having no control right mm-hmm. and you see and then you can graduate her this is what i thought i thought oh brilliant because then she gets tired of this scenario because the scenario is going to repeat over and over again right 
But I imagine she's going to eventually get tired of it. Then you just go to big girl panties. Yeah. And then it becomes the same thing yeah. in the whole big girl panty. And you have to imagine this isn't a grown adult. This is yeah. someone who's 20s or 30s, whatever, somewhere in there. So big girl panties go from big girl panties to I get almost woman panties, you know, and then I get. So even though you're still a little, there's a progression of growth depending on the person because you don't. This is the reason I bring this up is you don't know where the person's going to land. Their super kink may. May be at diaper level and then for some reason when they got to big girl panties that was like the eclipse but they never knew <laughs> it this is an area i have oh no, i think as a dominant no you could play with this for women i don't know as much about boys i mean i raised a boy so the reality is they went from diapers to training pants to briefs you've just defined a whole new area of control yes yeah from toddler through teen years and it has i'm sure i'm sure this is not i'm sure this is a thing already i'm sure it's a thing i don't think i'm making this up like it's new i think i'm just becoming aware of the possibilities that could exist there's other people who are far more into this we are like really twisted that actually have thought through all these pathways. I'm just jumping down different rabbit holes. But what I'm realizing, my dominant side is realizing it. I'm like, oh, it doesn't have to just be that. You could take on a submissive that it just gives me possibility. Like, let's say someone who's been in diaper play for a lot of years and no one's progressed them. And maybe that's because they love diaper play. That's it. That's fine. But as a dominant, if you're new with them, you could experiment. And you might land on... That, oh my fucking God, I didn't know training pants were actually my thing, rubber yeah. pants or whatever. Like for sure, that. for sure. I mean, here's the thing. But that's that opens up for dominance a whole new world of thinking how you take on submissives. Well, this is a question I have for people in the ABDL space. Is there aging that occurs while oh, you're yeah. actually in Which this Which really, experience? we do end up in diapers later. No, 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 no. In this actual space, like as a kink, do you find yourself oh, as, a, as an ABDL player, as, as a six-year-old, or do you find yourself as a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old? Do you grow? Do you grow in that space? I bet you there are people that are static, and I bet you there are people that grow. I wonder. That's a fascinating question. Interesting. So what happens next is Christina pulls up in the car... Adam jumps in. Sarah says hi. They know each other. Christina and yeah, Sarah and they know even each mentioned other. that I keep running Can into you. you. So okay. like, so Adam's thinking I only saw you last time at the party, and yeah. now he's hearing that Christina and Sarah have met several more times. Exactly, and she says, "What did you get?" And, she, and he sort of puts the package down and suggests that she's going to have an interesting time exploring yeah, the even opportunities. Yeah, like I hope you have a good experience, time or, experience or, something. or something around yeah. that, right? So, interesting. I mean, a lot of just the world of kick wrapped up it's in that It's interesting chapter. that two dominants got to connect and compare notes, in essence. Compared notes and the one dominant solve the problem for the other. Well, what I see here is yeah. how kink community helps with people's navigation and ex- exploration. Yeah. And so... I also then knee-jerk to think, and although I haven't been that many because we've created our own community with podcasts, but munches, I can see why munches and kink groups, what the value is for them, because this is what's happening. We are lucky enough to have the podcast where we get to interview submissives, dominants, all these kinds of people, right? And as they connect with pieces of us, we get to consider and ask questions that are very specific to us, our experience of lived. Yeah. And so we 
get that interaction all the time. And so sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know if we need to go to lunch. <laughs> we've, we've been podcasting all week. Right. However, I now I see. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about the way the historical experience of the elders of a community yes. share information yes. with each other, you know, because we've had this conversation in the leather community, yep. for example. In the gay community, the leather gay community, community. Yeah. yeah, in the lesbian community. Yeah. yeah. And so it's sort of books like this that create a conversation. It's munches. It's things like DomCon. It's actually having a platform like Fat Life even. Right? I think we could get ourselves to more things where we're intentionally being at munches as contributors I think so too. at some level. I think so too. But the, the point is that what this chapter excites is the value of the shared information, the That's knowledge base. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking totally. The knowledge totally. base of the community yeah. that you get with the knowledge base of the community, the capacity to express yourself fully with somebody else who's expressing themselves fully. Now, you and I have taken a particular journey on that pathway and we found a, let's call it a, like a secret pathway leveling up through a level of connection and relatedness and being authentic. Yes. Like there's something that happened that caused us to experience energy together in a way that was new for each of us. Yes. And it came through this like pure exploration that for us, because of, as you say, the podcast, we've interviewed so many people, we've gotten information that have, has fed our imagination. Yeah. And been able to express ourselves with each other. And so I think this is a good... Which created us as sex explorers. As sex explorers, Because right. we're actually paying attention to what's being said, the environment, the context, everything to tease out and discern how it relates to us as sexual creatures. And yeah. even the book that yeah. we're reviewing now, we're not necessarily into ABDL, but that's neither here nor there. Exactly. Because it speaks a common base language that we all have, power dynamic. Yeah, power exchange dynamics, discipline-based dynamics. Yeah. Sadomasochism. Fetish, yes, fetish exploration, sadomasochism. Yeah. Like there's a lot of commonality of language in the kink community that's crystallized in this chapter. Yes. In a way, if you've paid attention through the book, the characters have brought you to a place where you can actually have that conversation. Right, right. Right? So I think you know, another excellent chapter. I think great. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!